The Kakadu Plum is an Australian native superfood containing 100 times more vitamin C than oranges. So why have you never heard of it? PR. No one's drinking a Kakadu smoothie? I'm JB Smooth, and that was a full episode of my new podcast, Straightforward. Inspired by guaranteed straightforward pricing from AT&T Fiber. Get what you want without the complicated. AT&T Fiber, live like a gagillionaire. Available wherever you get your podcast. Limited availability in select areas. Visit att.com slash hypergig for details. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. When you have health insurance, it's easy to forget about your out-of-pocket costs. That can be a lot of money. But are your bills accurate? It's estimated over 50% of medical bills contain errors. HealthLock can help. HealthLock technology securely connects with your insurance and flags any overbilling, wrong codes, and fraud. You can even have HealthLock work on your behalf to get money back from select past bills. To date, HealthLock has helped its members save over $130 million. To save, visit HealthLock.com today. Welcome to Wrongful Conviction, False Confessions. I'm Laura Nyrider. And I'm Steve Drizzen. Today, we bring you back to Ada, Oklahoma, for the second half of our story about Tommy Ward and Carl Fontenot. When we left off last week, Tommy and Carl were sitting on death row after police turned Tommy's bad dream into a murder confession. This week, we'll tell you about some serious twists in the case, from the discovery of the victim's body to the revelation of hidden evidence that turned this case upside down. We'll update you on everything that's happened since the 2018 Netflix series The Innocent Man told Tommy and Carl's story. There's been some very good news for one of them, and a lot of hope for the other. Steve, for those listeners who missed last week's episode, let's tell them what happened. In Ada, Oklahoma, Denise Haraway, a 24-year-old woman, goes missing. She vanishes. The police bring Tommy Ward in for questioning. And it got ugly fast. Tommy told the police about this nightmare he'd had about Denise's disappearance. And over a nine-hour interrogation, police turned that dream into a confession. They even hauled in Tommy's friend, Carl Fontenot, and got him to confess, too. But here's the thing. These confessions were riddled with errors. They named a third perpetrator who had a rock-solid alibi. They repeated the stories that police fed to Tommy and Carl without adding anything new. These confessions were obviously, obviously false. Now, going into trial, the prosecutors have two confessions that are at odds with the objectively knowable facts of the crime. But they thought they had an ace in the hole. And that ace in the hole was a single fact that both Tommy and Carl had told to police officers. A description of a blouse that Denise Harroway was wearing at the time that she was abducted. A blouse that it turned out was missing from Denise's wardrobe, a blouse which even the police did not know about at the time they interviewed 
Tommy and Carl. But based on this one detail in their confessions, Tommy and Carl were convicted of murder. And remember, her body still hadn't been found when they were convicted. No body, no bones, no motive, nothing but a description of Denise Haraway's blouse. And they are on death row because of that. That's where we pick up the story. Three months after Tommy and Carl were convicted, a wake-up call arrived in the case that was built on a dream. On January 21st, 1986, a man was walking through a field in Gertie, Oklahoma, when he found a skull under some brush. Police found more human remains spread across the field, and dental records confirmed a match. Finally, they'd found Denise Haraway. This discovery produced a new round of problems with Tommy and Carl's confessions. Denise had been found unclothed 20 miles away from where Tommy and Carl had said they'd left her. Her body hadn't been burned at all, despite the fact that Carl had said they'd set her on fire. And the medical examiner confirmed. Even though Tommy and Carl had said Denise had been stabbed, that never happened. She'd actually been shot in the head. It's like they're describing completely different crimes from what happened to Denise Haraway. Both Tommy and Carl's convictions were reversed on appeal, but not because Denise's body had been found. It was because the judge ruled they shouldn't have been tried together. Prosecutors went ahead and tried both Tommy and Carl again, this time separately, but using the same evidence as before. When the second trial came up, of course, they had found her remains. And everything they found at that crime scene had proved Tommy's confession wrong. Nothing was right about it. That's Tommy Ward's brother, Melvin. He's been advocating for Tommy's innocence for over 30 years. Our hopes was high. I mean, how can you ignore, you know, that she was shot back in the head? And here's, here you got two boys saying it was she was stabbed. She was never stabbed. Even the coroner's report states that. But believe it or not, the second trials were deja vu all over again. Just like before, the prosecutors relied on the fact that Tommy and Carl had both said Denise was wearing a blue-flowered, ruffled blouse. The police hadn't known anything about the blouse before the interrogation, the prosecutors insisted. That fact couldn't have been fed. Imagine you're a prosecutor, and you have to stand up in front of a jury and present them with a confession that can't tell you what happened to Denise, who did it, or even where the crime occurred. That's what these prosecutors had to do. But they did it well enough, well enough to convict both Tommy and Carl a second time. When Tommy heard the verdict, he began to sob uncontrollably. You're all liars, he shouted at the prosecutors. I'm being punished for something I didn't do. I don't know. I, I, I still have a hard time. I actually thought it would be a hung jury, the second one. Confessions are hard to get by. You know, people still believe that, you know, why did you confess if you didn't do it? So their confessions were similar, but they also was off. You know, I'm not a lawyer by any means, but I, I could not see how 12 adult jurors could just ignore all the other evidence, and that's what they did. Had to have. Tommy was totally convicted on, on his confession. Them confessions sunk him. This time around, Tommy Ward and Carl Fontenot were ultimately sentenced to life in prison. That's been 35 years ago, plus 35 years later, Tommy's still waiting to get out. 
Tommy and Carl went off to prison to serve their life sentences. Years passed, and their appeals were denied, one after another. Tommy was a, a kid that, he'd take his strays, for instance. And uh, what I mean by strays, I don't mean just stray dogs. Like one time he found a, a hawk that had a broken wing. He took that hawk and nursed it back to health and let it go. Uh, me and the wife, would, would, for years, went and saw him you know, every two, three weeks. Mama would religiously go see him. Even today, he calls me every week almost. In prison, he got into cabinetry, and the way I understand it, he's very good at it. He'd build uh, prefab homes there. And everybody that knows Tommy, everywhere he's at, even in prison, everybody likes him. You know, he's a good Christian man. He's uh, honest, and, you know, he just... just not in him to do what they claimed he did. Tommy had befriended Carl Fontenot when Carl had no family or home. He wasn't much different from those other strays Tommy took in. In prison, while Tommy worked carpentry jobs, Carl pursued a different kind of woodworking. He taught himself the lonely skill of building picture frames out of toothpicks and glue, even though he didn't have any photos of loved ones to go in them. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, We've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Like many of us, you might think identity theft will never happen to you. But consider this. There's a new identity theft victim every three seconds in the U.S. That's over 15 million people by the end of this year, equal to the populations of New York, Los Angeles, and Chicago combined. Even worse, identity theft victims often don't even know they're victims. That's why LifeLock Identity Theft Protection alerts you to identity threats even the ones that don't show up on a credit report, like data breaches, fraudulent bank transactions, loan and credit card applications, and crimes committed in your name. If your identity is stolen, your own dedicated LifeLock U.S.-based restoration specialist will work to fix it. LifeLock protects you in ways that you simply can't on your own. Join now and save up to 25% your first year at lifelock.com slash iHeart. That's lifelock.com slash iHeart to save up to 25%. Identity theft protection starts here. (music) 
While Tommy and Carl sat in an Oklahoma prison, word started spreading about this mysterious case that was built on a dream. Two books were written about it, one in 1987 and a second in 2006. This was a case that captured the imagination of an investigative reporter named Robert Mayer, who wrote a classic wrongful conviction book entitled Dreams of Ada. And then none other than John Grisham wrote a book about this case. This is the only nonfiction book Grisham ever wrote. And like he told us in the last episode, even he couldn't make up a story like this. Eventually, Grisham's book, The Innocent Man, would be turned into a Netflix series, which was released in 2018. Finally, somebody was taking notice and starting to believe in Tommy's story. I mean, uh, it's even gone so far where I get on Facebook people on the other side of the world. I mean, Ukrainian and in and, and places, uh, Italy, you know, wishing Tommy well and believing in his innocence. It's just pretty amazing. While journalists were telling Tommy and Carl's stories, the two men sat behind bars for decades. Both still insisted on their innocence. They needed post-conviction lawyers to take their case, but any new legal team would face a problem. No DNA evidence existed that could prove Tommy and Carl's innocence. How on earth would any lawyers go about exonerating them? It was a case, turns out, that was made for the organization that Steve and I are lucky enough to co-direct, the Center on Wrongful Convictions at Northwestern University Pritzker School of Law. The purpose of the Center on Wrongful Convictions is to identify and rectify wrongful convictions and other serious miscarriages of justice. Here's the co-founder of our center, renowned journalist Rob Warden. We thought that it was important to have an organization that would investigate uh, cases in which there was no uh, DNA, but there was other persuasive evidence of actual innocence. Now, these cases are much harder to prove than DNA, but they are no less compelling. The Center on Wrongful Convictions was a first innocence project in the country that was taking non-DNA cases as well as DNA cases. In 2006, when the center had been around for about seven years, Rob heard about Tommy Ward's case, and he couldn't forget what he learned. We wouldn't even have had a wrongful conviction movement were it not initially for vibrant investigative reporting. John Grisham and I had a conversation about the Tommy Ward case when he was in Chicago. The thing that was so striking about the Ward-Fontenot case was that the dreams conflicted with known physical facts of the crime. So we have this evidence that the dream confessions are false and that quite clearly the ideas here were implanted in the minds of both uh, Tommy and Carl by the police. The case probably never should have been brought. It still has immensely powerful evidence of actual innocence. And that's why the Center on Wrongful Convictions got involved. And we've been involved in it for the ensuing a dozen or 13 years still fighting. Now, here's one thing that fascinated Rob about the case and about Ada, Oklahoma. Turns out Tommy Ward wasn't the only innocent man from Ada who was convicted of murder based on a dream confession. Ron Williamson was a minor league baseball player who had been sentenced to death based on a dream that he described to police about the crime. He was exonerated by DNA So this was an intriguing situation for me. Of the 12 known dream confessions in the history of false confessions, 
we have two of them coming from Ada, Oklahoma, this this small 17,000-person town. What are the chances of that? It's like a cancer cluster. What's going on here is that these interrogators were hell-bent on solving high-profile murders, and they were converting dreams into confessions. This was part and parcel of their arsenal of tactics to break suspects down and get them to confess. And they were getting false confessions. If that other dream confession was false, if Ron Williamson had been exonerated, maybe Tommy and Carl could be exonerated too. Our colleagues at the Center on Wrongful Convictions partnered with Oklahoma attorney Mark Barrett to represent Tommy Ward. Carl Fontenot also got new representation. Together, both legal teams dug into the case of Denise Haraway's disappearance. And what did they find? Not DNA, but they did find evidence of innocence that was equally compelling. A whole box of investigative reports that had not been disclosed to Tommy or Carl's defense. 860 pages of secret evidence. And the contents of those reports? Talk about a dream come true. The discovery of this box is a development that occurred after all the books, after the Netflix series, and it's a development that blows this case wide open. The prosecution, it turns out, as we now have learned, had concealed a huge body of exculpatory evidence, including evidence corroborating Tommy Ward's alibi that he had been at a party with a bunch of people at the exact time of the abduction and couldn't have been involved. In that box, there was also a full recantation from Carl Fontenot, which he wrote just days after he confessed. There were police reports showing that the only witness who put Tommy Ward at McAnally's that night, James Moyer, had completely changed his description several times of whoever it was he saw. But what about that blouse with the blue flowers and lacy collar? That magical proof that Tommy and Carl must be guilty because their interrogators didn't know what Denise was wearing. In that box, the lawyers found a draft missing persons report written by the police, but never actually circulated to either the public or to defense counsel in this case. That report described the blouse that Denise was wearing on the day she was abducted. It said that Denise Haraway was wearing a blouse with blue flowers and lace around the neckline. And that report was dated one day after Denise's disappearance. That's months before the interrogations. So the police knew what Denise was wearing before they interrogated both Tommy and Carl. And there was more. In the box, lawyers also found an undated report of an interview with Denise's sister, which is probably where police got the information for the missing persons bulletin. In it, she described Denise as wearing a button-down blouse with small blue flowers that had lace around the collar and elastic on the sleeves. These are the same details, the same words, that ended up in Tommy and Carl's confessions. Not to play on stereotypes, but what are the odds that these two rough-and-tumble dudes from rural Oklahoma would have described a woman's lacy blouse using exactly the same words as Denise's sister? This eviscerates the state's case. The one fact, the blouse fact, that put these men on death row, we now know that the police knew about it before they interrogated Tommy and Carl. We now know that Denise's sister told them about it 
shortly after she disappeared. Now we know it must have been fed to them by the same police officers who fed so many other facts to them. The anchor that police claimed was the basis of conviction in both trial one and trial two, you got to pull that anchor up. Because remember, there's nothing else in this case. There's no other evidence. It was the one unanswerable fact. And now it's answerable. The confessions no longer convict Tommy and Carl. The detective said they did not know the description of their shirt until after Tommy's and Carl's confession. Well, uh, we kind of have proof now that that's not true. These detectives got both of them to mention Odell Tipsworth's name in there. They added the description of the shirt in there. It was just as much these detectives' confession as it was Tommy and Carl's. I guess that's the best way of saying that. So much for the prosecution's ace in the hole. Police had known all along what Denise was wearing when she disappeared. Tommy and Carl were innocent. I know I don't understand law or anything, but here you you have a blatant miscarriage of justice because it's their job to hand over all the evidence to you know, the defense, but the prosecuting attorney did not do that. That's a violation of their rights. When you put this all together, there's just no question that Tommy Ward and Carl Fontenot are absolutely innocent of this crime and have been the victims of one of the most egregious miscarriages of justice in the history of the United States. The confessions of Tommy Ward and Carl Fontenot are worthless. There is nothing holding this case together at all. Based on these new discoveries, both Tommy and Carl filed petitions for relief. Tommy in state court and Carl in federal court. Carl's judge was the first to act. In 2019, he threw out Carl Fontenot's conviction. After 34 years behind bars, Carl was released on bond. He's finally free. I'm absolutely delighted that Carl Fontenot has been released. Of course, the damage that's been done to him can never be undone. Nobody can ever make this right for Carl, but at least he is no longer in prison. And when he was released, he was welcomed with open arms by a new community, a new family, the community of exonerees from the state of Oklahoma. But justice in this case won't be complete until Tommy Ward is free. Uh, We're very happy for Carl. And Tommy's very happy for Carl. Of course, it shows hope for Tommy because a lot of the things that the federal judge had come out with it also falls under Tommy's case. As of this recording, Tommy's still waiting behind bars for his judge to decide whether he can walk free too. Tommy's been waiting for that decision for 35 years. And God, we hope it's the right one. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. 
I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. This is it, your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of, a degree that employers will trust and respect. Purdue Global offers working adults like you over 175 flexible degree programs to meet your specific career goals. These include associate, bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees and certificates. Purdue Global degree programs range from nursing to business to communication and more. Whatever your interest, we have the degree that will move you forward. You have the knowledge. You have the experience. Now it's time to get credit for the work you've done and earn the recognition you deserve with Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. I would guess Tommy would be dreaming about freedom now. In this case that started with a nightmare, there are new things to hope for now. Doors opening, chains being removed, family embracing you and taking you home. These are the things that all wrongfully convicted people hope for until finally, one day, those dreams come true. I have more hope for Tommy now than I've had in a long time. After 35 years of knowing that your little brother's in prison for something he didn't do, you want him out. We want him out bad, and he deserves to be out. If there's any justice in this world, he'll be out one of these days. Fifteen years after author John Grisham started researching this case, he still speaks with Tommy Ward all the time and remains a strong advocate for Tommy's freedom. Tommy prays for me more than I pray for him. I would say, Tommy, relax. I'm okay. Worry about yourself. That's not the kind of guy he is. He has a long prayer list, and he keeps a lot of people on that list. And Tommy would probably go to work helping people when he got out, uh, when he gets out. This is an innocent man. Get him out of prison. That's what should happen. Hello, this is a collect call from... Tommy Ward. An inmate at Dick Connor Correctional Center... You may start the conversation now. Hello. Hey, Tommy, this is Laura. And this is Steve, Tommy. Hi. <laughs> Tommy, how are you doing? Okay. It's the same old prayers that uh, it's not going be coming to an end soon. We sure hope so. Can you tell us how you pass your time these days? Well, I've been trying to keep busy, you know. I, I do a lot of a hobby craft stuff for, you know, like Christmas presents or birthday presents and kind of keeps me busy doing that. You've had so many ups and downs over the past decades that you've been locked up. Um, Do you allow yourself to think about what you're going to want to do when you get out? Yeah, uh, I like woodwork and I'd like to open up my own wood shop. 
And I always thought of, you know, a lot of elderly people were that could go in and maybe lower their cabinets for them and houses and stuff like that. You know, make it like wheelchair accessible where they can stay at home longer instead of having to go to a nursing home. Yeah, that would be pretty meaningful work to do. Do you get letters from people who have watched your story on TV or who've read the books? Oh, yeah, it's a blessing to hear from everybody that has written to me, knowing that there's people out there that do care. So it's good thing going. A lot of people care, Tommy. And um, just from talking to you now, I can see that you deserve every one of those blessings and a whole lot more. Tommy Ward is now 60 years old. Will he finally be able to reclaim what's left of his life as an exonerated man? We hope so, Tommy. We support you all the way. Your dream of freedom is our dream, too. Wrongful Conviction, False Confessions is a production of Lava for Good Podcasts in association with Signal Company No. 1. Special thanks to our executive producers, Jason Flom and Kevin Wardis. Our production team is headed by senior producer Ann Pope, along with producers Joshi Hammer and Jess Shane. Our show is mixed by Jeannie Montalvo. John Colbert is our intrepid intern. Our music was composed by Jay Ralph. You can follow me on Instagram or Twitter at Laura Nyrider. And you can follow me on Twitter at S. Drizzen. For more information on the show, visit wrongfulconvictionpodcast.com. Be sure to follow the show on Instagram at wrongfulconviction, on Facebook at wrongfulconvictionpodcast, and on Twitter at wrongconviction. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union, a savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA.